everybody. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hey. Guess what, y'all? We have a guest on Tinseltown Tea for y'all. First guest of 2022. Come on. Yes. Let me give y'all a quick intro. She is a writer. She is a director. She's done some short films. But most importantly, one of her biggest accomplishments, uh, and there'll be way more to come. Um, she is a staff writer on Fox's The Resident, which, if you don't know, is a medical procedural drama, correct? So please welcome to the show, Dr. Mika Frank. Hey, Amen. hey. Hello. Happy to be here. Yeah. Hey, we're happy to have you. Of course. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So... With our show, first of all, if you're uh, joining us for the first time, welcome. If you are one of the niggas that have been with us from day one, thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate we it. We love you so much. Um, so yeah, we love to uplift black and brown creatives. That's the whole point of this podcast. Mm -hmm. We do a would you rather, then we go into a no better, do better, where we try to give some inspiration, some hope mm. to help us continue on this writing journey, because while it's a beautiful one, it can be very hard, mm -hmm. be very hard. Um, then we go into the news segment. Then, of course, we go into the main segment, which this week is an interview. There. <laughs> and then at the end, um, it's niggas you should know. And we highlight um, black and brown people in the industry that you should that know. That you should know. Stop Period. Blame. Point blank. So let's get into it. All right. What yes. we got? Would you rather? So which modern music icon would you want to write the autobiography for? And I'm thinking more of like a screen. This will be on clearly the televisions and the, the, the movie screen. So, okay. would it be A, Beyonce, B, Rihanna, or C, Alicia Keys? And yes, we're going to lobby it to our guests. Okay. All right, what you got? I will say B for Rihanna. Mm. Um, and I say that because I just feel like overall, like she's, you know, ground like everything she does is groundbreaking yeah like she has a makeup line she got a clothing line yeah she about to you know take Victoria's Secrets out of business like I just love to write about that like how yeah. did she come mm -hmm. to that path of you know becoming a billionaire and just even all the stuff that she's done for like her her home mm -hmm. like her country mm -hmm. and her island so yeah definitely Rihanna okay all right so yeah I love me some Riri I yeah. do but I would do Beyonce. Yeah. It's yeah. just the whole career is iconic to me. Truly. Amen. Yeah. The truly. whole career is iconic. And truly. it would be cool to see all of it all at once. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. kind of see like that gradual. Yeah. That grad, you know, I just want to see the growth. Yeah. The progression. Yeah. Yes. To Beyonce. Yeah. Be Beyonce. Yeah. This, it's her internet, you know. Truly. I want to see, <laughs> truly, I really see is. that moment. Like when did it become Beyonce's internet? You know? Yeah. yeah. The moment yeah. she dropped the album and everybody bought it anyway. <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> when, when that happened, I was like, "What? Wait, what's going on? No yeah. press like, tour. Has that, has that ever happened no before? Not, right? No. no, that didn't happen before, right? <laughs> um, only like, Beyonce can do that." I said, "Huh? Wait, what babe. is this? She has to go on Breakfast Club talking about I got an album. She said, "Here you go. Right. <laughs> you girls can have it. Here you go. <laughs> it was it. amazing. Yes. So yeah, I would love to see that moment and like be able yeah. to you know get different reactions yeah. from people yeah. when that moment because that was so big. It was huge. That was huge. Yeah, 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 yeah." Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I think I would second Mika's, which is Rihanna's. Not to say, because Beyonce has, like, amazing visuals Absolutely. that she's given us. It's like, I remember watching Black is King, and I'm like, what is this? Tears forming from my eyes? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I also think it would be, God, I feel like it would be hard, because she's so iconic. Mm -hmm. And so 
I don't want Blue Ivy cursing me out. Like, I would <laughs> right? just, I'm like, Rumi and Sarah, please, Rumi, yeah. please, like, I'm, please, Miss Tita, please pray for you, girl. That so, it w- I feel like it would be, oh, but I love, I love Rihanna's sort of, like, story. I felt like she was underestimated at first. Like, Absolutely. At least she for sure me, I was just like, oh, just another pop star in this mm-hmm. moment. And then, like, she gradually continued to like change and then like you know the whole chris brown of it all like people Mm -hmm. were like counting her out again and then she was like psych i'm coming back with businesses and i'm like okay that (laughs) part music who yeah what what? yeah like i am more than music thank you Mm -hmm. and even when she does drop stuff it'd be fire like everybody Mm -hmm. be like where is it girl <laughs> we needs it and she was like it's okay i'm opening up these lingerie stores now mm-hmm. now brick and mortars is like yeah damn like yeah. so yeah i would i love the sort of beginning to end well there's so much more you know mm-hmm. and i yeah. think now they're i think both her and beyonce are i want to say they're billion they're definitely millionaires yeah. for sure they're billionaires I think. they got worth, worth for sure worth yeah. a billion for sure yeah so i was mm-hmm. like yeah that's the kind of stuff and i also love like both of them how blackness like we love our black skin we love our black sisters like everybody gets the things and i was like (laughs) yay thank you thank you so much yeah so yeah i would do rihanna so yeah okay but we still love leisha keys though we do oh yeah we really got about her i love i love her yes we all love her just disclaimer yeah Yeah. don't yeah please don't 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 tweet (laughs) that word we still love a girl okay absolutely but the a minor was classic yeah. yes that was classic definitely a classic show yes. so, all right yes so okay coming to a theater near you okay <laughs> <laughs> basically what we're trying to play period um all right so moving to our next segment yes. our no better do better segment where we give you a tip a trick a lesson learned either about writing the industry yeah. even, if, even it could be life child you don't gotta yeah. be about entertainment it could just be about life True. and this week whenever we have guests i always lobby it to them so what do we have for the hmm. peoples today? No better, do better. I think I think the one thing I will say is definitely be mindful of how you approach reaching out to people that you don't know that's in the business mm. for help. Mm-hmm. I find that like a lot of new writers or you know people that are trying to be a writer mm-hmm. um, will reach out to you when they see that you're working on a show and, and mm-hmm. ask you for stuff. And sometimes it's a little ridiculous. Like, can you mm. read my script? Can you meet with me in person? Like, you're a stranger, sir. I'm not, <laughs> right. I'm not doing that. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I would say just be, be really mindful about reaching out to people that are in the business for help. Mm-hmm. Um, because we probably already have hella people we want to help. Mm-hmm. So the likelihood of us helping a stranger is probably pretty low. Mm. Um, especially when it comes to like meeting or reading something. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's just like answering some questions, sure. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you know, effort, like I got to get on a zoom, I got to do all this stuff. Like it's kind of strange. So I would suggest people who, you know, let's say somebody wants to access me. It's like, if you know someone that knows me, then maybe get that person to connect us. And then it's not as strange, you know, Mm -hmm. because you kind of have a person vouching for you. So that would probably be the best way not to say that people are just trying to reach out to me because I'm not really, you know, there yet. But I think ultimately it's like finding connections that you have that's mutual with Mm -hmm. this other person that you want to get in contact with. That's probably like the better way than just blindly you know, mm-hmm. DMing somebody, yo, yeah. what's good? Can you um put me on? Like that. Right. <laughs> put me on. That's like, not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. 
It's shoot your shot, real. but be mindful about your yeah. shot. Be intentional with your shot. Yeah. yeah. You know? I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. It, what, is it different if it's like a LinkedIn type of look? Like if it's a professional versus a, I'm a DM you? Or is it both like, mm. I think it's the same for me. I think for me, it's about relationships, mm. you know? And it's yeah. about, you know, because, you know, we're we're living in a time where people are very weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. People are crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> your life can be threatened. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. you're probably yeah. not crazy. You're probably not going to, mm-hmm. you know, threaten my life. But I don't know that because I don't know you. Right. So I think regardless of what the platform is, I, I would rather it come from a place of like somebody we both know. Yeah. Um, or. Yeah. You just you just wait until you get to a place where you can actually contact somebody that yeah. like go to an organization where, you know, people, those type of people hang out mm-hmm. with, you know, hang out yeah. at or something like that. But yeah. 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 I just think no matter what it's, it's weird. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> at least for me, not for everybody. Every, I feel like every writer isn't like that, but for me it's no. Yeah. I think yeah. I definitely agree with you. And I think Very the key valid. to what you're saying is building the relationship, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about building and not just being like, like you said, Hey, can I get my, you know, it's me, nobody. Hey, like, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't know you. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with your energy, spirit, mind, soul. So, yeah. you know, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that social media gives you this impression that you have access to people. Yeah. Like in a, like that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. Mm-hmm. And I think having that access makes you think you can ask for yeah certain things that like, you know, in real life, you, you wouldn't walk up to that person and say that stuff, but yeah. it's like, you have this sort of like, you know, avenue, like, I'm just going to ask, but it's like, bro, like, it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> like, I know you have access to me, but that doesn't mean you have access to me. You right. know what I mean? Right. 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 Very, very valid, yeah. y'all. So very just valid. know what you're doing. Yeah. Build your, your relationships. Like Judith said, mm-hmm. we hear that all the time. Yeah. You have to build relationships. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, okay, you may initially want to talk to somebody because you're like, oh, they could help me out. But mm-hmm. Try to build a relationship first. Yeah. And then eventually it'll get there if you actually put in the time to actually get to know the person yeah. Yeah. and know who they are and, and all of that. I think that's a lot more important. Yeah. yeah. And they see who you are. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they see, yeah. oh, this person is serious. This person wants to do it. I, I yeah. want to help this person. Like, let me want to help you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And also that when you were pointing to those other organizations and there are creative spaces where you can build those relationships mm-hmm. whether it's joining a class whether it's you know reaching out to the wga and going to events and all that stuff mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah there are natural ways to do well maybe not natural but there are other ways safer ways to yeah. do it yeah, and be sure. more intentional so yeah exactly because the panisha that made some of y'all weird Child. so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah just, brought it yeah. out <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah brought it out honestly mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all were kind of always weird but then like <laughs> This the panini said, "Here you go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you thought they were weird before. <laughs> Out of control. Ooh, okay. All right. Great. No better. Do better. Yes. By the way. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Love it. All right. Now we're going to move on to the news. This week we're not going to do a whole bunch because we want to get into the interview with Doctor yes. Mika Frank, y'all. But um, as you may already know, we get all of our articles from Shadow and Act. Um, again, we love to go to Shadow and Act because they highlight Black and Brown creatives in the industry. But again, read all the trades. You know the varieties, the deadlines, the Hollywood reporters. Try and stay what's going up 
on in the business so you can be better prepared to move through it Mm -hmm. or around it who knows all right yeah so um forgive me if i mess up this uh, lady's name forgive me but she is the first black actor to play Christine in Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. So I was like, Ooh. well, come on and bust through these uh, Broadway doors, okay? So it. Emily uh, Kayatuchu, forgive me, please, sis. I'm so sorry. Um, she took over the role of the iconic production, and she became the first black actor in history to do so on Broadway. In 2022? 2022, mm-hmm. yeah. She's a Chicago native, and she joined the cast... Uh, of the musical last fall as an alternate alternate for the uh, lead actor, Megan uh, Passerno. Now she will join the production officially as a full-time cast member, becoming the first black woman to do so. So shout out to you, sis. I think that's amazing. Um, again, it is totally. 2022. I feel like yeah. this has been, this, this musical has been, I mean, I am not a big Phantom of the Opera uh, fan or whatever. That mask thing always scared me. And I was like, no, Very this, scary. Is, this is not it for is me. Creepy. But It's giving creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but, creepy. you know, go off, I guess. Um, so, but it's, I'm glad to see that she's like breaking barriers, getting the role. And yeah, I feel like this has been around for probably not forever. centuries. I don't mm-hmm. know. Forever. Maybe. For sure. There's know. a quote from her that she told People Magazine that they were talking about what we're talking about. How she's saying, I just think that black women, especially in theater, mm-hmm. I don't know why I say theater like that, well, have to be, and it shouldn't be this way, 10 times better and work 10 times harder. And it took everything. this long, I know, for any black woman to play Christine, but there have been so many talented black women who could have. Mm. What do y'all think about that? Like, we're still in the time where there are first black anything doing yeah. anything. Like, I feel like we should My be thoughts are that. always, yeah. it's a mess. Yeah. yeah. It's, there's no reason. We're yeah. in 2022 and it's first black, like, get it together. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. I think it's a reflection of how deep-seated uh, white supremacy has mm-hmm. been in all aspects and mm-hmm. layers of our country and yeah. culture and all of that stuff. I'm glad to see it, but, like, the fact that we have to mark it is also a reflection of, like... It's sad. Yeah, like... It's very sad. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is anyone could play that role no matter what you know like if you have the talent if you have you know the the singing chops because opera is no motherfucking joke um (laughs) but you know Mm -hmm. like it's it it just again goes to that and i think we really need to get over that shit truly that part (laughs) this is like it just doesn't make any sense it's yeah that it, we're still first black, first black. Mm-hmm. Child, we about to move into 2030 soon. Like, and we still have some first blacks in 2030, I'm sure. Yes. It don't make no lot. sense. Like black people just came about a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we just got here. <laughs> like we're a new thing. Child. Yes. Mm-hmm. And history mm-hmm. says different. If y'all, you know, want us to learn the real history. But that's another topic. Oh, girl, uh, don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's my stuff right now. <laughs> that's another podcast, girl. <laughs> don't get me started. Yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> So shout out to her. Congrats to her uh, for doing that first. So that's amazing. Um, Next in the news, Eric LaSalle and Gloria Rubin to reunite for the first time since ER and Hallmark's A Second Chance at Love. Um, I chose this. I know. It's really cute. That's adorable. I remember being younger watching him. Like, not the whole thing, because my mama would come in and be like, "Mm, this is way too grown for you. What are you doing? doing?" Um, (laughs) What are you doing? But I I remember it was like, ooh, he's very handsome. He was. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, but Hallmark also be giving 
giving all the girls they're like you think your career is over girl come on over I know. we have a movie for you mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like okay mm-hmm. so yeah hallmark has announced that it will start production on the new movie a second chance at love and it'll premiere march 25th mm. at 8 p.m okay. um okay. we'll see the emmy nominees eric lasalle and gloria rubin reunite for the first time since er um, yeah, and here's this, a description for you gals if you want to uh, watch it. On the surface, Alicia, August, and Arnold, played by Joseph, uh, marriage is a picture perfect. However, there's something amiss. Arnold is ready to grow their family, but subconsciously, Alicia is hesitant to the idea. Rather than face the problem head on, Alicia, the self-proclaimed love doctor, immerses herself in her divorced mm. parents, Jack, uh, played by LaSalle and Brenda Rubin dating affairs after setting them each up on a blind date uh, dating app. So basically she has some issues, but she's like, let me go ahead and uh, meddle with somebody else's like, stuff. That sounds funny. very Hallmark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Girl, it sounds very real. Um, hopefully we don't see ourselves in this character. Grounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, my God. So yeah, I think that was exciting and cute. And so if you guys want to see them reunited in this film, and usually Hallmark have like feel good, like love stories. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for something, there's so much black trauma so much of that mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes so much black trauma that if you're like you know what i just want to see a good old-fashioned love something story cute. Yeah, something yeah cute something you cute. know That's lighthearted. It. check this out and um you know these are emmy nominated actors and yeah. they've been doing this for a long time so don't play yeah. with them period <laughs> so yeah um pay respects to them and yeah just enjoy a nice film once in a while we don't always have to have you know slave and yeah. civil oh, rights Jesus and Christ. all that but you know also good storytelling. Um, moving right along. Speaking of other black art, um, Bust Down. It's a new uh, show Ooh. that Lauren Michaels. I saw this yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is producing. It'll be on Peacock. And uh, it's a comedy series on black middle America. So I watched the trailer. I thought it was super funny because they yeah. had <laughs> they had wonderful. all these like clips of like black excellence black love black like all these like great like uh <laughs> images of blackness and they're mm-hmm. like that this is not that I <laughs> just it. so we're clear this perfect. regular regular blacks <laughs> like, here we are we need Nicks. more <laughs> right nigga niggas here <laughs> we love that i love yes. it too i love it too here for it uh here for it so um actors in the um show it stars jack knight um langston kerman sam J, and chris red as four casino employees living dead-end lives with dead-end jobs in middle america and the massive mess they managed to make out of it so I think it's great because we need to see all sides yes. of mm-hmm. every, you know, every community, but most importantly, our community, the black community. And there is comedy all lined up yes. through that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And the mistakes and the, yes. you know, the non-huxtable picturesque, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we don't always have to portray the best and brightest. Like you said, like, mm-hmm. you know, in general with black people, we always have to be better and nicer and prettier and da da da. It's like mm-hmm. we gotta be all the things all the time. It's like, you know what, sometimes we're human beings. I mean yeah. shocking. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes we have dead end jobs that, you know, we didn't fulfill our dreams and we're just trying to make it day to yeah. day, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
I'm looking forward to this. And the comedians, too. I like that, you know, these are young, up-and-coming mm-hmm. comedians. Like, mm-hmm. they've been working, and now they get to have, like, a bigger platform. So I'm excited to see this. What do y'all think? Me, too. I'm a huge fan of Sam J. Okay. So definitely excited about it for, for just to be able to see her. And Langston Kerman, I loved him in uh, Southside. So. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Southside is And hilarious. we saw him live at uh, Alicia's show. Shout yes. Out Alicia. Shout out to her. Oh, she's having another show, too. So we'll try uh-huh. and post that up on, yes. on there. We'll post the about show. that. But he was he was great. Yeah. In yeah. person. So. That's true. I see a quote here in the, I don't know if it's the creator. He's saying, mm-hmm. we believe true equality is being able to make a show about nonsense the same way white people have been doing forever. Well, and I amen. love mm. that. Yes. Like, why does <laughs> everything have to be, you know, a lot? Why yeah. can't yeah. just be... Show about nothing like Seinfeld did, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. <laughs> we can have that too. Yes. We so should be great. able to, yeah. Agreed. I'm yeah. excited. Peacock original, y'all. Yes. Bust check that down. Out. Check it out. The trailer's Great out. name. Yeah. <laughs> very, very bust great name. Bust down. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait for it. So yeah, that is the end of our news segment. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with the main segment. Hello, we are back and it is Tinseltown Tea and we're here with the main segment. We have an amazing guest. I'm just going to go straight for her bio and then we're going to go in and uh, allow her to share her wisdom, understanding what she's learned throughout her career so far in mm-hmm. writing because it's so cool. All right. So a native of Cleveland, Mika began her storytelling as a songwriter. Twist already a twist. We love that. <laughs> After her mom pressured her to pursue a conventional career. Shout out to moms who do that. Amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mika went on to become a trauma pharmacist. Oh, my God. Wow. Mika, like so impressive uh mika later rekindled her love for the arts after discovering the world of television writing which was non-existent in ohio well amen Mm. while mika Mm. worked on a trauma team helping doctors save lives you know light work mika also (laughs) managed to write and direct a web series you know it was called uh my girlfriend is black and she also managed to fit in four short films as well Wow. Mika pens complicated and flawed female lead stories, often in STEM related worlds. Ooh, love that. With a dose of social relevance. Come on. Uh, currently, Mika is a staff writer on The Resident, which is on Fox. So check it out. Um, everybody, welcome Dr. Mika Frank to the show. Again. Hey, y'all. We are so excited to have this conversation. It's nice to be here. Thank you yes. for having me. Yes. Okay, so I'll start off with the first question. You yes. start off with songwriting. When did you decide that you wanted to get into songwriting? What was that moment like? I was young. I was probably like eleven. Oh, um, wow! And discernment. I was. Yes. I know. I was singing, but I kind of had a momager. So like, mm. she was a singer, and she was like, "Oh, well, you want to do this? Let's try to pursue this." And yeah. I think I sang at like a party or something she had one time, and. Uh, one of her producer friends heard me and was like, I want to help, you know? So that kind of started that process. And I would go to like the studio with him and like record stuff. And mm-hmm. then he suggested I started writing some stuff. And so I started, that's wow. pretty much how I started writing. Yeah. So I went through this phase of like wanting to be like the next, you know, 90s R&B, you know, star, like a, a Leah Brandy Monica type mm-hmm, artist. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun run. I would, you know, sing in like, a lot of talent shows yeah. and like um i recorded a ton of songs but it wasn't for me i'm not mm. like a performance 
person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like yeah. being a center of attention. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for yeah. me, it was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. So I kind of, I think in that, just learned like, okay, I need to try to figure out something else. And then also, yeah. the, you know, the money isn't necessarily consistent. Yeah. In, in music, that industry is just so... Um, it's just a difficult uh, world to break into, especially if you're female, because you're yeah. faced with a lot of, you know, shady producers or yep. producers who are like low key pedophiles. Um, mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, dealing with all that, my mom was like, yeah, no, we, we're going to um, try yeah. something else. So um, my something else was, was pharmacy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, a big jump. Yeah. Um, How was that transition for you? Um, you know, I didn't know because I was 12. So I didn't know what I wanted to get into. I just yeah. knew that I loved math and science. Yeah. Um, and so when I went to high school, um, I actually went to a high school that was called Health Careers. Um, and so the focus oh, that was, was the name on health. of the high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was straightforward. So, yeah. Come on. <laughs> you send your child here, you know exactly what you're doing. Child. Exactly. <laughs> so obviously I was exposed to it in, in that school and I was like, hmm, maybe I could do this. Cause yeah. I didn't re- really want to be the medical doctor. Cause I wasn't like a blood and guts kind of girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this pharmacy thing. It's, yeah. you know, good money. I can still get, you know, the science and math kind of feel that I want. I can still help yep. patients. Yeah. Like, I can still get all the things. I just don't have to necessarily, you know, be around blood and guts all the time. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have a similar story. I thought I wanted to be a doctor when I was a kid, and I said, "Ooh, yeah, <laughs> blood and organs and intestines, no man." Yeah. Ew. <laughs> I saw a baby get circumcised, and I okay. like couldn't handle it. All right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I, sure I couldn't like, either. That's very understandable. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. over here like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> hold yeah. it down. But it's it's Ooh. weird because. Later on in life, I was able to tolerate it, mm. which is weird because, as you know, trauma pharmacists, you see in all kind of stuff coming in. The hospital was considered trauma one, which is like all the worst case scenario accidents will come to that wow. hospital. Wow. So I ended up seeing it anyway, and I yeah. got used to it. But initially, I just I couldn't stomach it, and I still I don't think that. I would have been able to stomach it as a doctor, but as a mm-hmm. pharmacist, I can be like, I'm just going to walk out for a little bit and let mm-hmm. y'all do that. So <laughs> I still have room to pull away, even though I yeah. had to see it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious. Okay. So uh, just to back it up, you went to Ohio state. Yes. Did you, what was your major in Ohio state and like, how did you sort of transition? Yeah. So undergrad, it was like pre-pharmacy slash medicinal chemistry. Okay. Um, and okay. then you know, apply to pharmacy school. Okay. Get in, and then it's just doctor of pharmacy after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was the that was the major. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're moving from one world, moving into TV writing. Right. I think we would argue they're a little different. Very. Yeah. How was that transition going from yeah. that to something that's com- feels completely different. It yeah, absolutely is. I think the resident is definitely good in helping the transition cuz I yeah. still get, the, get a little bit of the medical or whatever mm-hmm. in it, but mm-hmm. um so it was interesting. I um experienced a loss. I lost my brother. Mm. Sorry to hear that. And so yeah, thank you. Um and so when I was living in New York, um because of that loss, you know, you you go through a period of like self-exploration and yeah. grieving. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. go through all these emotions yeah. and feelings right. and you begin to kind of dig deeper. Um, Mm -hmm. to try to like deal with everything that you're dealing with. And I was asking myself all kinds of questions about, you know, my happiness. Like, am I happy with where I'm at? Is there something else I can be doing? Um, And I think that that 
you know, just inquisitive phase in my life about myself is what sort of provoked me to just open myself up, up back to the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started with the blog. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of writing in this blog for fun, talking okay. about all my crazy dates, which I still do kind of. Um, <laughs> And it was fun. I loved it. I did it every day without fail and didn't realize how much I enjoyed it until I think one of my friends brought it up to me. They were like, you should try to find a way to make money off this stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, that's true. If I could do this for a living, like yeah. I would totally be happy. Mm-hmm. And so I started taking creative writing classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so okay. in New York, they had this this place called Gotham Workshop. And mm-hmm. I took this creative writing class. And in the class, they talked about like, you know, novel writing a novel writing poems writing this Mm -hmm. writing that and like they talked about tv writing and i was like yo what's this i like this (laughs) yeah like the actors aren't just saying it like it's not (laughs) like there's actual writers like wait it's not off the dome what we talking about like (laughs) is it not improv like i'm i'm confused um so when i realized that was a thing i started to sort of explore that a little bit more and i was like oh this is it this is this is what's gonna bring me the fulfillment that i feel like i'm missing from pharmacy because i think i wasn't Mm -hmm. i learned in that process i wasn't completely happy with pharmacy and it wasn't really fulfilling me and i think it was because i probably needed to be doing something in the arts and so that's Mm. that's how i got to that okay wow very interesting so how did you I, i can only imagine that being a trauma pharmacist Stress. is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So not only so were I'm you thinking about it, right? I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. So not only that, but you also managed to create your web series yeah. and these like four short films. Like, how did you balance it all? Was it was it? I mean, maybe I'm thinking it's all compacted in like one time. So maybe it was spread out a little bit longer. But yeah. how did you do that? Uh, Jesus, um, <laughs> pray, about prayer, prayer okay. and supplication. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, um, when I moved to LA, I moved here with the intention of like, yo, I'm coming here. I want to be a writer. I want to mm-hmm. write for television. What do I need to do? Yeah. And, you know, after just talking to different people about what I needed to do, I decided to, um, just to try to try everything, you know, mm. like, and what I hear a lot about with directors, especially if you want to be a director, you kind of just got to get out there and make it, make something mm-hmm. mm. and just, you know, get comfortable. And I kind of wanted to get in a position where I was comfortable um, with directing. And like, mm. there aren't really a lot of places you could take classes for that to learn that. Right. Um, and if true. there is, it's like super expensive. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to go back to school in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I was just like, I'm just going to make this thing. I have this weekend off. I'm going to do it in a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I know I've been, I have been networking and meeting people. So I knew like a few people who could help, mm-hmm. you know, um, basically bring it to life. So I had those people help me but yeah it was all yeah prayer supplication (laughs) trying to you know plan it and just just a deep passion to like want to learn yeah and want to do it right want to figure it out so right that's dope yeah and what was like that transition from ohio to la what kind of made you want to pull the plug and be like all right this is it let's go because that's scary i mean we've been through it but that is Mm -hmm. it's a big decision I don't know. I feel like for me, it was just, it was weird how it happened because I was actually living in New York at the time before I moved here. Mm, But I actually quit my pharmacy job in New York on April 1st. And they thought I was joking. They're like, what? Is this a joke? I'm like, no, I'm actually leaving. I'm going to move to LA now. Thank you. Bye. They said April fool. They're like, nah, fool. Bye. Beautiful. Bye. That part. 
so um it, it was completely scary because I, I had yeah. no clue what to expect um i had no clue whether or not it was going to work or mm-hmm. pay off i just knew in my heart and just through prayers like yeah. this is this is the direction i felt like i wanted me to go into and so mm-hmm. i just i just trusted i trusted that um and took that with me here yeah. and i think that's sort of what gave me solace about it so i wasn't i mean of course i was stressed about it but i, I wasn't like tripping that much because i knew like okay no matter how this plays out god got me you know yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amen yeah and he definitely did like yeah i mean just a few accolades even before you got into the writer's room semi-finalist in the 2018 afi directing workshop yes. for women mm-hmm. and a finalist in the 2019 we screenplay contest like uh, yeah ashe and i man mm-hmm. like how did it feel like to place in these and then like how helpful was it like in terms of these accomplishments, whether it's getting to the writer's room or networking, like yeah. I hear different things from different writers. It's like, yeah, I yeah. won this thing, but you still got to hustle. Or it's like, yeah, I won this thing and it led me to this and that. So like, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how it was for you. I think I think in Hollywood in general, um, it depends on the person that's reading it. You mm-hmm. know, some people are impressed by it and that moves them to want to help you, whether it's a manager or an agent or mm-hmm. another writer. It's like, yo, you did this. That shows that you're doing the work. You 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 got mm-hmm. something. I want to try to help you. Mm-hmm. And then to some people, it's not it's not that big a deal. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, come harder. Come harder, sis. Mm-hmm. Like, that ain't enough. Like, that ain't nothing. Right. So I think it just depends on who's on who's looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I don't I wouldn't say that it helped me. It did, I don't mm-hmm. think it really contributed to anything um for me it looks nice for like if you're applying to fellow other fellowships Mm -hmm. you know they like to see that you progressed in other fellowships but in terms of work like my showrunners when they met with me they weren't like yeah so tell me about this afi thing you know they didn't care they didn't care yeah um but one of them did tell me like they watched my web series i was like oh okay mm-hmm. um is that gonna hurt me she's like, it's, she's like it's totally fine if you want to direct it's totally fine i'm like okay good um, so i'm like what do i what do i say here i'm here i'm not, this is a writing interview sis why are we talking about my directing yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it was yeah. it was cool right. so i feel like it does sort of make people more interested in you at the very least okay. and want to yeah. explore like what what is all this you know yeah um, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes you look like um a multifaceted mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. You know? right? Come you on, show you you, you do other stuff. Okay. Multifaceted. Yeah. She's Come giving layers. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> okay, it's that's art. dope. It's art. All right, mm-hmm. so we talked to a lot of writers on the show, and mm-hmm. we've heard so many different stories of how people got into their first writers' room, right? Mm. And I love having people tell these stories to inspire other people to know that there's so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So, what was your path to getting into your Ooh. first writers' room? Um, I feel like my path was very traditional. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I guess the traditional way is like your reps Mm -hmm. get you read. And Mm. like, for me, my manager got me read at, um, 20th, um, Century Fox. So, um, this exec read me, it was a medical drama I had wrote and she was like, oh my gosh, she's great. And she works in the field. Like she'd be great for the resident. I'm going to, you know, send her script over to them. And um, she sent it over. They were like, we want to meet her. I had the meeting and that was it. That's so it's so a very like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. very traditional, yeah. very traditional trajectory. Okay. Nice. Yeah. But okay. 
everybody yeah it's different for everybody yeah that's so. what i love about these stories yeah. it's literally different yeah. that's dope that's dope okay so was wait your your first writer's room was the resident is that no, the first one? Oh, the second okay. writer's room uh is the resident my first writer's room was macgyver that one was interesting Ooh. um so it was macgyver season five macgyver was on uh cbs really was great. it a reboot i'm assuming it was a reboot because it was yeah okay. yeah girl, I was like, yeah <laughs> i was like yeah, because MacGyver is a, yeah. So yeah, this was, was like, like he, look, he was like the son of the the original. MacGyver. Okay, okay. Um, okay. So the way I got that job was interesting. I kind of went through the same thing I went through when I had quit my pharmacy job in New York to mm -hmm. move here. It was like I came to that conclusion of like, okay, I want to. I'm here to pursue this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not really seeing progression. Mm -hmm. And I really want to get in a room. I really want to, you know, be paid as a writer and not just be writing pilots for fun or for free. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I went through that mode of just like praying, like, Lord, what show me what I need to be doing. Right. And I really had it in my spirit to quit my full time trauma pharmacist job. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure because it's, you know, I'm quitting something that's like my livelihood. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. And so when you're faced with those kind of decisions, it's, it's really tough to just want to do that. And I think when I was going through that period, um, like I want to say in February, I had dinner with a friend mm -hmm. who I went to college with mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't seen her. She'd been living here for like three years mm. and I still hadn't seen her. This was like my first time seeing her in the three, three years we both you know, I've been living in LA right. and literally our whole like conversation was about how she left her job to like pursue this other thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dang, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, um, my friend, um, who's also a writer, uh, she had a sermon like at church Come on. and she was she like, gotta preach. I Come know, on. right. I love this. Um, and she Come was on. like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta, I like asked her about it. She's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm speaking, blah, blah, blah. You can come if you want. No big deal. I'm like, girl, I gotta support you. Mm -hmm. Like we friends, I'm coming. Yeah. So I go and it's literally her sermon. We hadn't talked about what I was thinking about or what I was going through. And her mm -hmm. sermon was literally about, you know, removing the blanket removing the safety blanket trusting god and doing something different i'm mm -hmm. like good lord okay let me quit this damn job <laughs> all right Come on. okay yahweh elohim okay <laughs> okay that part lord. so yeah so that's what it was i think that was my confirmation and that actually happened in march of 2020 right oh, before the wow. pandemic got wow. crazy so I quit my full time. Everybody was like, wait, what are you going to do? Oh, my God. Are you crazy? I'm like, yeah, I, I am kind of crazy. But, you know, that's how God works. He tells yeah. you to do some some wild things that don't yep. make sense. And then later you look back like, OK, I get it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I quit my full time and was like, I'm just going to focus on writing, get my writing together. I don't recommend that people do this, by the mm -hmm. way. Like mm -hmm. it's not I feel like it's not something that everybody should do. But I was yeah. in a position where I had some money saved yeah. and right, I could afford right. to take the time off. And I was like, I'm just going to give this 100 percent because, you know, up until that point, I was balancing both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and I wasn't really giving it 100 percent. And so I was giving it 100 percent at that point. I had made a, a lot of contacts, building mm -hmm. relationships right, like we right, talked about earlier. Right. And I had known these people at this point three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. And so when I asked for something, it didn't feel, you know, weird. entitled, yes. weird, yes. Right. you know. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I'm like, yo, I quit this job. It's a pandemic. I'm trying to break in. Do you know anybody? Let me know. Like, yeah. I literally emailed everybody I know asking that. And then that was in March. And then in May, someone was like, hey, I have an opportunity. Do you want to interview for it? Like, I know someone. 
And I had the meeting, um, Monica Maser, Monica Maser, shout out to her. She was a showrunner of MacGyver. I love Go her. Go off. She's like. Wait, I've met with her before. Nice. So she was a showrunner for Gentified, right? Yeah. I went to the oh. set and met with her once. Yes. She's so That's sweet. a good show. I like, so I like Gentrified. She is my favorite person in the world. Hey. Um, But yeah, so I met with her. Amazing meeting. Um, And I was like, okay, I hope I get it. And then mm. I ended up getting the job. So she was nice. a showrunner. I was her assistant. And it was just an amazing sort of like welcome into the industry. You That's know what dope. I mean? Especially because mm-hmm. she was also a Christian, which, you know, we're kind of like unicorns in this industry. So <laughs> yes. for me, it was like, yep. it was, it was godsend. I always tell mm-hmm. her that like you were a godsend sis, because I was praying for, and that was the other thing I was praying for an advocate and not necessarily yeah. an opportunity. Yeah. And right. I got an advocate in her, you know? That's so, right. Mm. Yeah. See how he worked. Come on. He's <laughs> done miracles on <laughs> me. That's done. Melodies. Yes. So good. I know. I love that we, song. <laughs> and I've been listening to a lot of Donda. Oh, yeah. Yes. Listen to a lot of Donda lately. Okay. Yeah. So for those who haven't seen The Resident, can you explain yeah. the premise mm-hmm. for them? You know, it's it's unlike any other medical drama out there. I think what I love about the show just as a fan, which was interesting because I was a fan of the show before being a writer of the show. Mm. It's a show that deals with like the unaccountables in medicine and mm. just like okay. stuff that like, you know, we don't talk about, you know, doctors making mistakes or Medicare fraud, oh, you know, like yeah. just different things. And um, so I love that about the show. It's not giving like the sexy side, the glamour side. <laughs> no, we got of some it. sexy. We got some. Sexy. Oh, okay. But it's and showing got, like the real, we got the real Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit more grounded yeah. and um you know it just it's just it's socially relevant which i love mm, yeah okay yeah okay that's dope all right and so how do you utilize i mean you clearly have the background yes. and the understanding of it like how do you utilize that when you are in the room and like pitching and what is that whole experience for you mm, like you know it's it's unique um because you know we don't necessarily have a pharmacist character on the show everybody's mm, doctors right mm, okay. and so um i usually try to contribute in a way of like you know how can we make you know, a drug interaction, an issue mm, on the show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know, things okay. like that yeah. or an overdose of mm-hmm. like a prescription medication or something like that. So yeah. um, the stories I pitch are usually kind of obviously drug related, mm-hmm. um, not like, you know, m- medicinal drug or ph- yeah. pharmaceutical yes. drug. Not like modification. Calm down, everybody. But one thing I feel like it does help me with for the most part, is like understanding when the doc, because we actually have medical doctor writers on the show. Okay. Um, Amazing. That's dope. So I usually understand exactly what they're saying and Mm -hmm. and know or have seen it. So it's easier for me to sort of understand everything that they're saying Mm -hmm. um, when they are pitching. Um, So I feel like that's sort of the benefit. So I can Mm. always kind of, when I'm pitching, help piggyback off of something they said to sort of like contribute or help flesh Mm. out the story more or um, but yeah, I would just say that just helps me be a little bit more oriented to what's going on. Yeah. I think the most part, but ultimately right. like everything is character driven. So it's like, mm. you know, um, medical or not, like it's about what the character would feel or do or think, you yeah, know, motives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from both of your writer room, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned probably from both or separately from each one? Mm -hmm. I would say from both. I mean, they're both procedurals, but MacGyver was more like spy thriller, you know, Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and this is obviously medicine and in a hospital and not in, you know, uh, Egypt somewhere. But um, (laughs) listening, listening Mm -hmm. is a very important um, 
habit or skill you need to learn like when you're in a writer's room um because in order to deliver a really good pitch you got to be listening and knowing what's going on what's like what are they what are they saying like being able to read between the lines but also do it like on the spot too like being Mm. able to understand like okay what are they talking about what are they trying to get to because a lot of times they'll maybe have they'll bump on like you know how how do they want this person to go from this part from you know happy to sad and it's like Mm -hmm. how do we get there and so they're talking about different things and people are pitching different things but ultimately you can't really pitch if you're not listening clear Mm -hmm. enough to understand Mm -hmm. like what the showrunner wants to convey or Mm -hmm. you know um what they want it to be about so i would say listening is like very very Mm -hmm. important um and not and then also understanding like what the showrunner wants because yeah. every showrunner is different like mm-hmm. every room mm-hmm. every show mm-hmm. you go on like it's it's so different and so that's the other thing too is like your your room experience isn't going to be the same with every show yeah mm-hmm. so keeping yeah. that in mind you might have some really amazing rooms or you might have some okay rooms or you mm-hmm. might have you know you might have showrunners who don't want writers help you might have showrunners mm-hmm. who want all the help mm-hmm. like yeah. so you just never know um and yeah, never take any of that personal. It's just how they, it's their show. So it's how they want to run their show. Right. Yeah. 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 That's real. That's true. Because you're still working for their vision. Yeah. So be that's mindful of that if you are in a writer's room. Yeah. yeah. That's just, that's what it is. Yeah. That's really, yeah. Yeah. My mind, I'm just thinking. So <laughs> I'm like, man, yes. So, okay. You've, you've done your own web series, short films, your only couple writer's rooms. And of course, beyond that in the future, because amen. Amen. So what has been like one of like your favorite, like I guess your favorite project to work on in so far? And why? Oh man. I mean, I just obviously as a writer myself, I love just make bringing my own things to life. Mm -hmm. So obviously Mm -hmm. I would say something I directed. I mean, I really enjoyed the web making the web series. Mm -hmm. It was my first thing. And it wasn't, you know, the best thing I ever made, but it also wasn't terrible. Um, (laughs) Period. (laughs) So I was just really proud of myself and being able to do that and being able to see my words on screen was very fulfilling. So I I would say directing is totally like my favorite thing Mm. or just being able to write and direct something that I, you know, wrote um, for sure. It's like hands down favorite. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So what is it that you like about directing versus writing? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of it is just the visuals of it, Mm -hmm. like being able to like talk to the actors, give notes to the actors, you know, just be able to get some really good performances out of them. Like Mm -hmm. that whole practice, seeing them go from, you know, they'll read it one way and then maybe a note will help them just elevate it to a whole different level. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, cause it's like more, um, it's like immediate satisfaction. Like, oh, wow, like, that's good. Like, whereas when you're writing, like, it takes a while Mm. um, for that stuff to come to fruition a lot of times, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's nothing like seeing, like, what you you had in your mind actually tangibly actually happen, you know? Like, that process is like... I did it you know like you get to see it and it's not just you by yourself you know like is this right i don't know right like is it good i'm assuming it is yeah exactly totally and i feel like even if you're working with like a really good actor sometimes your note they'll take it and make it even better than you imagine yeah Mm -hmm. and so i love that too 
that's dope yeah that's dope um i'm trying to think well no i mean have you handled i mean you kind of talked about it a little bit but how, how have you faced like rejection over Ooh, the child. course of that and like how what advice can you give to those of us yes you know <laughs> i i would i would definitely like it's it's weird because this is an industry where rejection is inevitable mm-hmm. and you can't avoid it yeah mm-hmm. but um i would just say learn like create a method for yourself to like be able to cope with it in a way where it doesn't like disrupt your your process or your growth or your you know because I feel like it's very easy to take rejection personally but a lot Mm -hmm. of times it has nothing to do with you when you're Mm -hmm. rejected sometimes it's you know they cousin needed a job and they had to hire them and they couldn't hire you or you know or maybe they only wanted you know stories about this type of person and you wrote a story about another type of person and it just didn't mesh. So a lot of it has yeah. nothing to do with you. And I think I went through a period of taking rejection personally. Yeah. And I would think it was something wrong with me, but it's not that like ultimately the right, the right role or opportunity will come to you and you'll know it's right. Because when you get it, like it would suck to get something that just wasn't right for you. Cause then you'd be like, damn, mm-hmm. but th- mm-hmm. those are, I feel like when you're being rejected, it's probably because it wasn't right yeah. for you. Um, but yeah, definitely learn how to cope with mm-hmm. rejection, like a mantra, a scripture, a phrase, something you can say to yourself to yeah. sort of give you some peace of mind about it because yeah. it's, it's kind of painful. Like, you know, to continuously yeah. be told no. Yeah. Or yeah. you're yeah. not, mm-hmm. you know, you're not what we're looking for or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, especially for me, I used to apply to all the fellowships every year, mm-hmm. never got in any of them. I'm like, damn, am I not a good writer? Like what is happening? But then I ended up getting staff. I didn't even have to do a fellowship. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you just never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. something that one of our previous guests, Brendan Wellington, shout out yeah. to him, shout out said to him. about rejection was rejection is just redirection. Amen. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Amen. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That's that was beautiful. And I always, that always sticks with me when, yeah. you know, we talk to writers about rejection. Yeah. So that's a good mantra to have. Yes. Yes. As, Mika, as Dr. Mika said, yes. <laughs> if you need to have your mantra, that's a good one to kind of keep yes. in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I love the state of California because uh, weed is legal here. So if you <laughs> want to get into edibles or, you know, if you want to drink water, I don't know. But water. yeah. No mm. water. <laughs> Water's so, yeah. good. Water is Evian. good. Actually, everyone drink water. Yeah. <laughs> drink Definitely drink lots water. Lots of water. Not sure it'll help you get the rejection. But yeah. The edible might, though. That'd yeah. yeah. That might kick in if you like. Yeah. Rejection. Rejection. Right. right. I forget all about it. All about it. Okay. So what kind of motivates you when you're creating? I think it's uh, the characters um, and the world that I'm talking about, Mm. especially if I'm writing something about a world that we haven't seen on television. So I think it's just the freshness of it and the newness of it. And those are sort of the things. And then I love to do it. So yeah, I think between the three of those, I'm like, yes, give me, Mm. let's do it. So. Okay, nice. let's do yes. that thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some future goals that uh, Dr. Frank will be doing for the girls? Um, I would love to um, direct a feature, write and direct a feature. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I probably it. Yeah. maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, that will probably be like my next big thing, and also just continue to to move up you know, on the mm-hmm. show that I'm on mm-hmm. and produce more episodes, write and produce more episodes. Um, nice. But yeah, those are probably like my two like immediate goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's dope. And then this is always our last question that we love to ask. 
when it's all said and done, what kind of is the legacy that you want to leave behind? <laughs> Everybody going to leave one. Okay. Y'all are going deep. Okay. <laughs> um, I just, I think being black, um, growing up um, in an environment where like I didn't really have a lot of people to like look up to. I didn't mm. really have a lot of people that could help me mm-hmm. kind of reach my goals. I always had to do it on my own. Mm. I definitely right. want to be known for establishing a community for people who, you know, don't have anybody to mm. like lean on and to help them. So I think I would be want to be known for that. Like I helped some person break in or, you know, uh, not one person, but just at the, if it's a legacy, that means probably the end. But I helped hella people break in and yeah. their careers take off. And I didn't force them through like struggle mode to get there. It was just like, mm. oh, you want a job and you, you're you talented? Let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. right. So right. I think mm-hmm. I would want to be known for that, like creating a community for, for black creatives to be able to like progress and grow in their careers. So mm. I would want to, I would want to do something like that. Um, but yeah, no. So, that's, hey, that's yeah. a beautiful legacy yeah. to leave. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, we love that. Yeah, that's especially what we're all about here. <laughs> truly, especially in the industry where it's like there's this pay your dues mentality. Yes. I think we were talking like you know, like yes. you have to struggle, you have to like mm-hmm. you yes. know prove and prove yourself. Yeah. Over you have and to over make again. ten cents an hour. Yeah, before, yeah, before yeah. you get a little you bit know, money, <laughs> make the minimum wage. Right, if that yeah. the it's minimum like, minimum wage. Right, that part. <laughs> so it's like. Why not create a community where it's like, no, let's, if you're talented and we are on the same page, let's, let's create something. Let's foster it. Yes. It's like that. And that's ultimately what I want to do. And it it would be nice because I just feel like a lot of us already struggle outside of trying to pursue a career. Like Mm -hmm. it's already hard to be black. It's hard to be black. Like here, especially if you're a woman. I mean, homegirl had to wait how long to be the first black woman? Yeah. Hundreds of years. (laughs) It's like, come on, like it's already hard for us. So why Mm -hmm. would we make it even harder on ourselves? You know what I mean? So I kind of just, I want to do that. And, and this is not for strangers, just FYI. So if you're listening to this, (laughs) do not DM me saying, you better build a community. You said you want to help. You better. Exactly. Build a community or build a relationship with somebody that, that doesn't know me or meet me in person and just be normal for a little bit before you ask me for 500 things. Um, because I actually don't have it to give. I'm trying to build my own career right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So period. Yeah. But when I get to a position to give, I wanna I wanna be able to do it that way. So yeah, yeah. That's one thousand percent. That's the way that it should be. And that's that on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Drop the mic. Okay. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up, y'all. It's time to go. Okay. <laughs> Well, with that, it's an easy wrap up because our next segment is uh, niggas you should know, mm-hmm. and y'all should oh. all know. Dr. Mika Frank, she's our nigga you should know, period. (laughs) Period. If you weren't paying attention, like she's talented, multifaceted, Mm -hmm. very, um, what's the word? headstrong you know what i mean and resilient because like this industry (laughs) you have to you have to have something that pushes you forward and it's Mm -hmm. clear that her faith her resiliency her talent has put her in the position that she's in now and we're excited to see so much more so we are yes such a beautiful interview thank you for coming through i'm sure somebody would be blessed by this mm-hmm. by I listening pray. to this for I sure pray. yeah for sure all right yeah and that's it yeah that's yeah. the end of our is this our 99 99 99 wait what's going on wow thank you thank you, <laughs> Y'all are doing this. Yes. I need to catch up. 
<laughs> doesn't feel like it. It's just so fun. Yeah. It doesn't even yeah. feel like this it. This is a so. fun yeah. hour. I love it. Yes. Yay. So we love to see it. We mm-hmm. love to see Dr. Mika Frank. Yes, and we yes. cannot wait to see what she does next. Make yeah. sure to check out The Resident. Yeah. Okay. Yes, please. Make sure I check out anything that she got going on. Anything she got going on, we're going to let y'all know. Yeah. We, we're going to let yes. y'all know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Episode mm-hmm. 99 in the books. Thank yes. you yes. so Thank much. You. Congrats, y'all. <laughs> and yeah, until next time. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.